Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I am so excited for you to be here for episode 10 of the Student Ministry Podcast. Today, we have another first. We have two guests at once. We have Eric Holmstrom, who is the Student Ministries Pastor and over the high school at Purpose Church, Pomona, California. But we also have the junior high pastor, who is also in charge of creative uh, teams there at the church, Adrian Pichai. And I'm going to chat with them together to see how their ministry works together, how they how they partner uh, up in the student ministry there at the church, but also how they partner with grandparents at their church. I think it's going to be an awesome conversation that you're really going to benefit to see how the student ministries and the, the elderly people in their church are partnering together and just furthering the kingdom together in partnership. It's going to be an awesome conversation. Also, for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while now, this podcast episode is a little bit longer. I apologize, but the conversation is so rich. It's so great. I just couldn't cut it down to like 30 minutes or anything. It had to go a little over, so I apologize for that, but I know that you'll be blessed from it. But first, we need to talk about our sponsors because our sponsors are awesome as well, and without them, this podcast just wouldn't happen. We, we need their sponsorship, and we are so excited to talk to you about WorkCamp NE. That's WorkCamp NE. NE.com, and you can find out all about their summer mission trips. They do a lot more than just summer mission trips, but summer mission trips are one of the biggest things that they do. This coming year in 2017, they're going to Springfield, Vermont. They're going to uh, Alton, New Hampshire, and they're also going to take a trip out of the Northeast for the first time and head over to Illinois. So if you're looking for an inside the country mission trip for your students, it's going to allow them to serve the needy by doing some home repair and and really get connected with the people they're serving and love them in Jesus' name, check out WorkCampNE.com. Our other sponsors, it's a combined sponsorship between National Network of Youth Ministries and Reach Youth New England, and together they are all about connecting youth ministers and youth workers together just like us. So if you are looking to connect with other youth leaders in your area, make sure you check out Reach Youth ne.com for all you that are in New England or across the country, check out youthworkers.net for National Network of Youth Ministries. You will not be disappointed. It's a great way to connect with other youth workers in your area. Make sure you check both of those out and we thank them so much for their sponsorship. All right, now into this conversation with Adrian and Eric from Purpose Church in Pomona, California. All right, thanks so much, uh, Adrian and Eric, for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, no problem. And so this is the first time we've actually done two people on interview. So uh, podcast listeners, forgive us if we're talking over each other. Uh, But uh, Eric and Adrian are a a team there at their church in uh, Pomona, California. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Pomona? That's right. Yeah, Purpose Church. Purpose Church in Pomona, California, um, doing junior high and high school together. And so we just wanted to pick their brain and see how that all works together. Uh, So... First question is really, what's your story? So you can decide who goes first, but you know, what's what's God been doing up into your life to bring you where you are now? Yeah, we'll let uh, Adrian start. Wow, you want- thank you, thank you, Eric. Um, 
Yeah. So basically my story is, uh, I did not grow up a Christian. Uh, I mean, I kind of had some, uh, backgrounds when I was younger, um, of just kind of being introduced to church a little bit through family, but ultimately not ever really attending. And it wasn't until I was a sophomore in high school, actually, that I had some friends who had invited me to a youth group. And I was like, what's a youth group? And they were like, yeah, it's this thing on Wednesday nights where you go to church. And I was like, what a youth group and you go to church on a Wednesday night. That seems pretty crazy. I didn't know like young people went to church. Um, so they were extremely persistent and kind of invited me over a number of weeks. And so I finally agreed to go and just kind of jumped in. And really from that first night onward, I was like, wow, this is, this is a unique place. And I just felt very much welcomed and accepted. And I think the the thing for me that was really interesting that I learned later on is like, I feel like I really experienced the love of Christ and especially from the body of Christ mm. um, right off the bat. And so, um, yeah, I was the first family uh, or first person in my family to come to know the Lord. And then wow. uh, getting into my college years, I started serving as just a volunteer leader at my youth ministry that I grew up in. And that was just a um, very transformative experience for me, really helped, I think, teach me a lot. And I think God used that to show me, hey, this is this is something I, I really want you to keep doing. So I actually had started college as an engineering major and thought I was just going to, you know, sit at a desk all day and do AutoCAD. <laughs> um, and, you know, through my first couple years in college, I just realized, man, this is not what God has for me. And so I don't think you really fit the mold. Yeah, did, did <laughs> the not, now looking back, engineer. I thought, what was I, what was I thinking? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, ha- I have a very similar situation. I, it, God got a hold of me probably my senior year of high school and, and did the same thing. But I, I had planned on going into computer engineering and stuff as well. And yeah, now looking back, I'm like, I don't want to be sitting at a computer like coding all day. That sounds so boring. Right. <laughs> yeah. You guys are so much smarter than me. I was hoping to be like a professional <laughs> skater or play video games or something. Yeah. So the, the engineering route didn't last too long. Uh, and then I ended up you know, just through different conversations and just a lot of prayer and talking with trusted people, um, deciding to transfer to a Christian college in the area, Azusa Pacific uh, University, and ended up uh, majoring in theology and with the goal that I would end up getting into youth ministry. And so about my senior year, just as I was wrapping up, I had happened to meet Eric and had a conversation with him about getting into ministry. And so uh, after that summer, I came back and just through lots of, you know, prayer and conversations again. And lots uh, of meals. Lots we went of, out hundreds and dined. I wined and dined and we <laughs> bought him everything that he deeply desired to try maybe, to get him on our maybe. team. Maybe, yeah. And so it just kind of jumped in. So this is actually my first uh, really youth ministry job officially, which mm. uh, I've been so blessed to to <clears throat> be a part of this place and feel like I'm part of a team that really values me. I, I hear voice. And it's also, uh, I think, a team and a church that is very much um, teaching me what it means to do ministry and um, not just in a youth ministry context, but I think in the broader church context as well. Cool. cool. Uh, and how long have you been there? I've been here for about a year and a half now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, for me, kind of grew up in the church, but uh, throughout my junior high years, actually, um, just I I was really involved and invested in skateboarding and I loved it. Um, I was sponsored for a little while and uh, rode for the local skate shop uh, and skate park in our area. And um, I think just most of what I was doing at that time, my parents just didn't know about uh, (laughs) kind of living this double life and still going to church on Sundays because that's like what we did as a family. But um, my life couldn't have been farther from uh, 
from Jesus and, and living for what he had created me for. And, um, but then it was, I went into a uh, summer camp my freshman year and I went because this really cute girl was going to summer camp. <laughs> Classic uh, Yeah, exactly. So, so I kind of went to this, this, uh, summer camp and was really excited about furthering a relationship with this girl. And it turns out, um, that Jesus had other plans. And so, <laughs> man, just got a hold of my heart. Uh, through the messages and through the community, man. I was just invited mm. into this community that uh, felt so radically different. I mean, I, I still like to skateboard a little bit. Um, I, I love skating culture. Uh, you know, the one downside uh, for me at that time was that the people around me who were skating just were not great influence, influencers. Mm. And I felt like I had to become somebody else uh, to hang out with them. Whereas as soon as I got involved in the church, man, these people, they just loved me and they cared for me and they poured their lives into me. And and I mattered to them um, before I did anything right or wrong. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it just felt like God really used them to draw me back to him. And so quickly after uh, accepting Christ that freshman year, um, uh, quickly after that, just sensed God maybe calling me into ministry. And that happened through hanging out with my youth pastor a lot uh, and just seeing him do ministry. And I just loved it. Like the the Mormon girl would come to youth group that <laughs> Sunday morning and I'd run to my youth pastor and I'd go, this girl, she's here. This is her name and this is her backstory. And man, I hope, you know, we can keep her here. And I just found myself, you know, loving mm-hmm. um the task of, of working with students and, and youth ministry and seeing God use my life and, and leadership. I mean, it was all just so attractive to me. And then I had other people around me kind of affirming that. And so I uh, was going to go to a four-year college. And then my parents had a conversation with me and said, hey, we don't think that we can afford it. And around that same time, my uh, high school pastor said, hey, I'd love for you to do a two-year internship with me uh, mm-hmm. while you do junior college. So I thought this was going to be great. I was going to be mentored by him for two years. And about three months into that internship, he said, hey, man, like – I, I'm I'm sensing that I need to be a police officer, uh, and so that was a, that was a huge deal for wow. me. I remember going, man, like I thought the next two years were going to be this guy pouring into me in a youth ministry context, but with him leaving, it left me and uh, the junior high guy who I just deeply respect and admire. We were kind of running the student ministries for wow. a few years, and man, that's where I just made every mistake uh, <laughs> in the book. I just. Uh, burned bridges and was struggling with how do you lead people and how do you serve people and and learning how to speak. And they had me leading worship, which I'm tone deaf. So (laughs) I'm leading worship and strings are breaking and kids are plugging their ears. And it's just like, it was just two years of just so much growth and trial by error and um, a lot of learning. So Went finally to uh, Point Loma Nazarene University out here in San Diego uh, for my last two years. Was a full-time student and a uh, high school ministry intern at a church out there. And then went for four years at a uh, at a church in the L.A. area, Los Angeles area. Uh, was there for four years doing – I was the assistant high school director. Got to work for an amazing lady um, named Faith Field, and she was the high school director. And then came out here to Purpose Church uh, three years ago. Yeah. And uh, – came on staff as the high school pastor and then got asked to be the student ministries pastor to help lead the team. And so for the first time, I feel like I was able to take um, all the good that I learned and all the mm-hmm. bad that I had learned and figure out how to lead this team and and sync us up. And I just know because of other places I had been at, the importance of 
the student ministries team really being unified. And I kind of just had this dream early on, man, what would it look like if we were all one united force moving in the same direction on the same team, loving, encouraging each other, building each other up? Um, Because as you know, Steve, student ministries can be lonely and it can be hard. And so um, just wanting to create a team atmosphere where we love and we serve each other and we handle conflict in healthy ways, not with passive aggressiveness, but with, uh, you know, conversations. And so it's been a fun ride to see the high school ministry change and evolve and grow. And it's been cool to see our team come together um, and really just have great people um, like Adrian. And uh, we got a, our student ministries assistant, Courtney, um, is just phenomenal. And then we've got uh, a gal named Laura who's hoping to join the team. And, and she's great. We got a student ministries intern. Uh, and then we got a fifth, six pastor uh, who is just phenomenal. So it's cool that God's bringing together this team of people that are just. Um, leading some great things here. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's, that's so awesome. Um, I know like probably a lot of other people that are listening, you know, they're maybe from some small rural church. They're like, wow, I have, I have everybody from birth through 18 under my control. And they're <laughs> yes. like, I would yes. be awesome to have a full team of all these different people working different roles. And we were all able to connect together. So, but you know, one thing I would say to that, Steve would be, um, we have great volunteers. So mm-hmm. that, you know, what I just shared was, was kind of our team, but each of us lead, lead these different ministries and man, we would not be able to do, we'd not be able to last a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning without the committed, dedicated, passionate, um, integrity filled volunteer leaders that, that we each have. Yeah. Yeah. And I think both of us have worked in smaller church contexts yeah. as well that I think that's, that's really like for those who are, you know, come from that context, I think, man, you get a special, you know, extra crown for, you know, working, working, you know, stretching those resources and all that. So I, I, I appreciate both ends of the spectrum in terms of, you know, whether you're, you're, you're in charge from birth to 18 or you'd only got a, you know, a small uh, section that you're looking out for. I think, uh, you know, doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, we'll talk about tips and everything we want to share, but I think that was great. I want to point out this, the importance of teams, no matter if your church is, you know, 50 people and you're struggling, you know, with the five kids that you got there, or you have, you know, a church of thousands and you've got hundreds of of students, no matter what, you need a team around you. And because if the church is bigger, you just need more of a team because there's always going to be places where volunteers can pitch in and, and really uh, round out the, the team. Exactly. Exactly. And we're fortunate to work at a church where, um, and Adrian and I are passionate about this, creating that team mentality across the board, across departments, across the whole church. And so we've got other staff members that are in departments different than us. And we'll get into this podcast a little bit, how we've partnered with our 50 plus uh, ministry, but we've got tons of other great ministries here at our church that we're trying to partner with, that we're trying to invest in those leaders. And so really, uh, and our senior pastor models this so well for us, that, that we are a united team and we love and care for each other and we're invested in each other. And, and I think that helps us go the distance. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So, so let's jump in a little bit to, uh, yeah. you know, when the second question we're going to ask is, you know, what's, what's your ministry look like? So I know you, when you guys are over junior high and kind of the creative side of things, one's more over the high school and just a general team. So how does, how's everything structured, I guess, and how, what's things look like on a week to week basis on how you reach your students? Yeah, so I would say I pretty much from right off the bat since I have been here for the past year and a half, we've spent a lot of our time syncing up our ministries because I think uh, even at larger churches, um, you, you can tend to even silo out the youth department or student ministries department where you got, you know, fifth, sixth doing its own thing, junior high doing its own thing, and then high school doing its own thing. And, it, you know, can even lend to 
perhaps like a competitive nature. And so I think right off the bat, we really wanted to bring the team together and um, synchronize, you know, the, the look and feel of our programs, not just for our sake on the back end, but I think also for our, our parents and students so that mm-hmm. they continue to have a similar experience as they move through um, from fifth grade all the way up through their senior year in high school. Um, so pretty much we operate totally around a small groups model. Um, so we do a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning program. Uh, Wednesday nights is kind of your classic youth group night, you know, welcomes, maybe some games or icebreaker, some sort of worship element, um, a teaching, and then breaking off and giving a huge chunk of our time to small groups. Um, and those are age and gender specific. So, you know, seventh grade guys, 11th grade girls, all with, um, their leaders. And we really feel like, you know, even if we were in a smaller context, um, that is something that is really scalable. And Mm -hmm. no matter what size of a church you're in, I think small groups is, you know, just really working well for us and even for churches larger than us as well. Um, so yeah, but that's our kind of like our Wednesday night and then Sunday morning, um, is maybe looks a little bit different for each of our programs. Um, on Sunday mornings in junior high, I will speak on whatever we discussed that Wednesday. And then Eric, you yeah, have we, some discussion. Yeah, we kind of do. Uh, maybe we'll be in a different series. To be honest with you, Steve, we're kind of in the process of discussing what it would look like for high school students to be uh, more an integral part of the larger church. Okay. And so wrestling with some of the some of the good data that's come out of Sticky Faith from mm-hmm. the Fuller Youth Institute. Um, and so, yeah, just trying to say, how do we create an environment, a church environment where students are not perceived as the church of the future. They're not perceived as the church of tomorrow, but they're they're the church of today and they are a part of the church of today yeah. and that the whole church recognizes them as a part of the church. And so, you know, we're really trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, I would say one of, the, one of the unique things about the way in which we do small groups is that Wednesday nights... Um, especially I think in high school and junior high history that they tend to be our larger nights and they small groups are not just open to students who sign up for them or students who, uh, you know, want to go deeper in their faith. They're actually open to everyone. And so it's kind of an interesting dynamic because within a small group, you'll have a range of students that are in different places spiritually. So some of them will have just been invited by a friend and they just show up because they want to be there and uh, they hear that it's a cool place to be. And then you have students that want to go really deep. And so the small group environment, and, and part of that is intentional because I fear, I fear that as uh, new students come to our programs, um, that they're seeing a show, that they're seeing great music, they're mm-hmm. seeing some teaching, they're seeing some of this or that, and and missing that so core to what it means to follow Jesus is to be in community and mm-hmm. to ask questions and to wrestle and to be even uncertain and and I don't I just see the disciples I see Jesus going up to them and saying mm-hmm. follow me and they begin following pretty early but man if you read the Gospels and take them seriously it's crystal clear that they're pretty uncertain about what it means to follow Jesus yeah. and they're wrestling and they're uh, trying to figure it out yeah, as they yeah. go. And that's the kind of environment we want for our small groups. And so we want people, I want students on their very first night who come to our program. And um, at our high school program, it can be a little bit larger. And so at times, 
Um, I don't get a chance to meet every single student, mm-hmm. but I know that every single student who comes on a Wednesday night um, has an adult that gets to know them, that uh, is finding out a little bit about their lives. And from the very first night they're with us, even if it's their very first time in church, they're recognizing that how Christians do life is in community, yeah. that, uh, that, that church is not just a place to show up and experience a show, yeah. but the church is a place to go and to wrestle with things and to ask questions and to share life. And so, um, so, you know, that can make our small groups a little messy. Um, mm-hmm. it also, we have just a high dependency on our adult leaders. Absolutely. Our adult leaders yeah. are not chaperones. They are small group leaders. They are discipling students week in and week out. And so, um, our leaders are, you know, unapologetically the best on the planet. They mm-hmm. love students and, and do such a good job of pouring into them because they're really needed. Um, yeah. they, they play a huge role in our ministry. Um, and then outside of that, we have student leadership in high school ministry. We do a student leadership program uh, where students really own the ministry. So come spring, um, virtually everything on the spring calendar is a student leadership uh, a student leader planned event or ministry that they're starting. Okay. And so then we do kind of some of the camps and, and retreats and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, we're syncing up junior high and high school. We're starting to do something. Uh, our church is in Pomona. And so uh, we started something a little while ago called We Heart Pomona. Mm. And it's a junior high and high school joint event where we just serve our city. Um, and part of that was we found that there were a lot of, we were doing a lot of service things outside of our city um, and just recognized that if we want to have influence over our city and if we want to invite people from our city uh, to come and check out our church and be a part of our community, that we've got to be serving them and, and connected with them. So yeah. that's something we've been doing. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I think, you know, the thing that we, that we're excited to talk about in a little bit with you is how we've sort of partnered with uh, some of our 50 plus ministry. And that's been something yeah, seniors, that fifth, yeah. six junior high and high school has teamed up with our fifties plus ministry and uh, just being able to see intergenerational ministry done in a way um, that we're really excited about. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, let's let's jump into that because that's that's something I'm really excited about as well. I, I've always heard, uh, you know, the the big name people at the different conferences, and they're they're talking a lot about intergenerational ministry. This is yeah. great. Um, how do you get it to work? What do you what do you guys do? And and how's it how's that going for you guys? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with kind of the the story behind it. I mean, we you know we've we've always every church I think right now is asking the question. I don't think we've got it nailed down perfectly at all. We're we're learning as we go, um, but every church is asking this question: How do you do intergenerational ministry well? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I know in the past how I've done it is just communicating from up front. If I get an opportunity to preach in the main services, uh, or can encourage my senior pastor to say, "Hey, every you know every student needs five adults." Right? That's mm-hmm. some research that's come out. Every student needs five adults who are pouring into them, church, go pour into students and, and, you know, maybe every once in a while doing some kind of like event and and sometimes it goes well and sometimes (laughs) it doesn't. And so we've just been, we were just wrestling with that question. And, um, a few years ago, myself and our fifties plus pastor, uh, went out for lunch and what, how, how this whole thing got started was he had a passion and I had a passion for the same thing. And he had a passion to influence his 50 plus uh, community to invest in students. And, you know, I'll never forget, he was saying, look, these people have more money. Most of them have more money than they've ever had before in their lives. They have more time than they've ever had in their lives. They have more wisdom than they've ever had in their lives. And, and yet they haven't been empowered yet to really pour into students and to really invest in them. Uh, and then in the same way, you know, I wanted to create an environment where students could 
benefit and pour into um, our 50s plus folks who were interested in, um, you know, creating this kind of relationship. So we went out to lunch and just started brainstorming. And the idea that kind of came out of this discussion was what if, because we have a small group based ministry, what if we created a spiritual grandparents kind of ministry where our, uh, where some 50 plus people who usually couples mm-hmm. who are passionate about students, what if they signed up to sort of adopt a small group and take that small group under their wing, pray for them weekly, um, have uh, – we, we have the students send prayer requests to the spiritual grandparents and we have the spiritual grandparents actually send prayer requests to the students. And so we started to kind of dream about what that would look like if every single one of our small groups had a spiritual grandparent that sort of adopted them. Mm. Um, and then we said, and what if we did events where – the spiritual grandparents would come to a Wednesday night and we'd get all the student ministries, the students, the leaders, all of us together. We'd get all of these spiritual grandparents together and we would worship together and we would open God's word together. And then these spiritual grandparents could actually join the uh, the small groups for their time and, and just talk about life and mm-hmm. share about what's going on. And I'm telling you, Steve, like – what it has done to foster actual relationships has just blown us away. Yeah, I, I think mean, it took us both by surprise, even yeah. when we're talking with the younger students. Because I think a certain aspect of this, it, like it works well for an older student, like a high school student can have a you know more <laughs> you know amazing time getting to know you know a grandparent at the at the church. You know mm-hmm. that someone's not their own grandparent. But I think we've even seen what we've been surprised is like incorporating because Eric kind of tried out first in high school, and then I thought, man, I think. I think our junior hires and even our fifth and sixth graders, they, they could totally be a part of this Mm -hmm. as well. So we, after the first like semester or so of of doing it, we said, let's, let's expand this to everybody. And we have just been so excited seeing the results from that. And I think even junior high and fifth, sixth students have made connections with uh, these, these seniors at our church. And I, I, it has just done, I think wonders too, because I, I think, you know, especially if you, if there are people out there who come from a, a church where maybe there's a lot of, um, older members or, you know, we're, we're a 146 year old church. And so I think we have a long history and there are many people who've been here for a long time and, I think sometimes in some churches, there's that tension of, you know, are we reaching young people? Do we cater to them? Are we reaching like the senior adults and they're the givers, you know, Mm so how how are we, how are we reaching, you know, both demographics and growing as well? And I think this has done wonders to even, you know, I think revitalize a lot of these seniors and give them just another opportunity to, um, you know, connect with students. And even even the things that we've been totally surprised about are, you know, when we go on camps and retreats, there's been a section uh, of, of our, you know, spiritual grandparents who've gotten together and they've knitted scarves and, oh, wow. you know, mittens yeah. and little beanies and, and prayed over them oh, so yeah. that these students can be warm when they go to winter camp <laughs> oh. and, uh, you know, even hosting like pool parties yeah. at their houses and inviting them over. And yeah. I, oh my gosh. It's just, yeah. it's just been, it, so it's cool. totally blown us away. And, um, and I've just been so encouraged because I think here, here's the, here's the problem with not 
doing intergenerational ministry is that you have, you know, you have maybe, I'll call them wiser. You have wiser people in your congregation (laughs) who have a lot of stereotypes of younger people. Mm. And you have younger people who have a lot of stereotypes of older people. Mm -hmm. And what's been amazing is to see those stereotypes shatter when you get these two Mm. groups together in the forms of small groups like this. I think it's a little less awkward than just pairing them up one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, And so what's what's been amazing, here's, here's what we hear from our spiritual grandparents, is they come to us and they go, I had no idea how hard it was to be a student right now. I had no idea the pressures. We had one uh, spiritual grandma come out of her small group the very first night that we did this. We call call it generations. And so the very first night when we did generations, this spiritual grandma came out of her small group and she was in tears. And Mm. she said, I had no idea that girls in our church are struggling in this way. Uh, We did this other idea that that, uh, Adrian and then one of our other pastors here sort of process through um, was what would it look like? We have a little bit of a Sunday school culture here, especially among our wiser members of the congregation. <laughs> we have yeah. uh, we have a, a Sunday school culture. And so uh, Adrian and this other pastor were kind of talking about what would it look like if for one of these generations, our students actually went to their Sunday school class. And mm. and I got to be honest, man, I was nervous. I was, yeah, I was, I was, I, I was well. really worried what that these students yeah. can experience in there. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> we're not in control of that. And, and you know, th- this, this hurt my feelings, but I had a student come back and said, I wish we could do that every week. And wow. I was going, <laughs> Well, you suck because I run a program every week. And I put a lot not, of effort into this. Yeah, I put a lot of effort. But, but what, what was so cool is I feel like these students were able to learn about um, our 50s plus community mm-hmm. and realize, man, they have a lot to offer and they are, they're cool and they're fun and they're engaging people. And mm-hmm. so, and just like Adrian said, I mean, we have, we have one guy, his name's Bob Smith and that's not his cover up name. That is literally his name. <laughs> most amazing traditional name, Bob Smith. He is a champion of students Absolutely. in our congregation. Yep. And for fear of him ever listening, I'm not going to guess how old he is, but he is an amazing man. Uh, he's got a lot of wisdom. He's got yes, a lot of wisdom and he loves students. And you know what he started doing? He started wearing our student ministries hats around church. And I'm talking um, like not just any old hat. Like these are like the cool hip, yeah. I don't know, like baseball caps that like all the guys are wearing. Yeah, and he's so we rocking got custom them. ones made for the oh, high school so industry. great. And this, this very wise man yeah. is wearing his baseball cap to church. I've right, seen it on church. a Sunday morning. And, and yeah. here, here's what's amazing about Bob is Bob has uh, – Bob is retired and he runs security at the local raceway where they do demolition derbies and oh. mini NASCAR and stuff like that. So, so he runs security there, right? So he connects with his small group leaders and the small group students that he's the spiritual grandparent for. And he said, hey, guys, I could get you free tickets in and I could get you a free burger. Are you interested? <laughs> interested in coming and they're like absolutely (laughs) and so we get to see bob in his element we get to see him Uh, be in christ as a security guard we get to uh you know we ended up going to this thing we sat with him for a little while until he kind of had to go do security stuff but it was just so cool to see these students um you know just to to see them being so blessed by Mm. uh this amazing spiritual grandpa and honestly we just have too many stories like the podcast would go on and on and on (laughs) of stories of spiritual grandparents who have just taken their grandkids, taken their small groups under their wing and just loved and served yeah. them and helped send them to camp. Um, yeah, we've experienced just 
And this is something crazy another generosity. thing that we have not you didn't anticipate at all. But we, you know, we fundraise to because uh, so I think one part of a, our story as well is that we're a church that is kind of in an urban context, or um, you know, has a has a challenging socioeconomic area in our direct you know neighborhood. And so, okay. um, sending students to camp for us for some you know some of our more affluent students it's not a problem at all. But for others, they they really need scholarships. Mm-hmm. So we fundraise every year to mm-hmm. help provide scholarships so that students can go to camp and these grandparents and even grandparents rallying their mm-hmm. classes mm-hmm. to yeah. give towards, uh, you know, sending students to camp has been overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just so cool yeah. to see their generosity. And I would say another benefit, another awesome thing has been as we as a church are, again, Adrian brought up that we have 146 years of history here and we have 146 years of history of our church making big steps to continue to reach um, to students and to continue to reach the community. And as we're starting to make some of those steps and make some changes, um, trying to create a church environment that students want to be at, that students feel connected to, um, there could be uh, a frustration or a pushback mm. from from some of our um, congregation who who you know don't fully understand those changes or whatever. Right. But since we have these spiritual grandparents, they know our students, they know what's going on, so they can speak into mm. uh, some of the maybe frustrations yeah. and remind people of why we're making some of the changes we're making. And so yeah. spiritual grandparents have just overall become champions of That's student awesome. ministries. Yeah. And again, they're 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 usually the wealthiest in our congregation. <laughs> they're the they have the most amount of time and they're the wisest. Yeah. And so to get those people pouring into our students and backing and supporting student ministries uh, is just a win win win. Yeah, and I and I think the funny thing that it was another story that we've heard too is now the spiritual grandparents because we've done this and we're going into our second year of spiritual grandparents. They are peer pressuring other grandparents <laughs> to get involved saying, oh, you're not a spiritual grandparent? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> How could you not be investing in the next generation? You know, so, oh, they, so awesome. they are even peer pressuring their peers, you know, yeah. kind of back in, you know, like they were in high school or saying, you got to get involved in this thing. Yeah. You'd be crazy wow. not to. Yeah. So, so this is the second year you're doing this? Yeah, so we're getting into our second year. Wow. Of doing so all so, this cool stuff has just happened in its first year. Very quickly, yeah. And wow. I think you know, for for those who are listening, thinking, man, how can I begin this? I think you know, sometimes we we embark on something <laughs> that we think, man, is this going to require like hours and hours? And you know, what does this look like? I think the biggest thing for us is all it started with was, hey, can can we just make a connection first and yeah. and pair a grandparent with a small group and a small group leader, and let's just start praying for each other. And so mm-hmm. it just looks like filling out a piece of paper with their picture on it, and you know that small group, and then they send it off to the grandparent, and the grandparent. Responds with their prayer requests. And so they just started praying for each other. And so maybe in, in someone's context, that might be the thing that, that they can do. Yeah. Or, you know, also then we, we said, Hey, can we get them on a Wednesday night? Could yeah. our grandparents, our spiritual grandparents, could they come to a high school or junior high service on a Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. And that was nerve wracking when we first kind of yeah. talked through the idea, but yeah. they show up and they carpool together. Like our seniors pastor, he'll go and pick them up at their house sometimes and bring, you know, these yeah. grandparents out a 
late on a Wednesday night. It's and, beautiful. You know, kids are skateboarding in the background, going off of like jumps and stuff, and these grandparents are standing right by their <laughs> side. It is the craziest. Cool and we thing. set up. I remember yeah. the second time we did it, we set up a photo booth, and so we had students taking pictures with their spiritual grandparents, and oh. had spiritual grandparents bringing in their yearbooks and showing some of the pictures oh. and. Yeah. Uh, and some of that kind of stuff. One one spiritual grandparent is an engineer, and so he brought in some of his like old tools that he would use back in the day. And you know, I think the you know one of the things that's been really exciting about this again is it started out with again, like Adrian said, just uh, prayer requests, and and th- it can be a little tedious because we have to mail them. That's just the the yeah, community right. that we're working with here. Is there there's there's <laughs> more mailing, mail. and so, <laughs> so we're, messages, yeah, usually. no text, no email. So we're, we're mailing out the prayer requests. But then we just put on our calendar. We said once in the fall and once in the spring, we're going to do generations. And generations is a night where all students and all spiritual grandparents come together. We worship, small portion of teaching, and then they break up into small groups. And we gave them some questions. We uh, let them get to know each other a little bit. But what it's created is there have been a handful of our spiritual grandparents who show up now once a month. Mm-hmm. Who show up just to be there, and we, we we've told they want more yeah. time with their students, and we've told our spiritual grandparents from the beginning, "Hey, you are welcome here anytime. Whenever you want to come and be a part of uh, fifth, sixth ministry, junior high ministry, high school ministry, you are welcome." And some of them, uh, and slowly more of them, are taking us up on that offer, and that is really, really exciting. And we try to highlight that, and I just think. That is the coolest thing ever when a you know seventy year old woman <laughs> shows up to a high school ministry event, sits with her girls, and is praying for them, um, and then allows them to pray for her. We have this one picture of uh, of this group of I think they were sophomore girls laying their hands. All of them were laying their hands on this seventy year old woman, uh, praying for her and lifting her up. And and this woman I know has provided so much encouragement to them and spoken into their lives. Some of these spiritual grandparents do text, and so I've heard from some <laughs> students who actually text with their spiritual yeah. grandparents. Yeah. Uh, some of the groups go over to their spiritual grandparents' house again for like pool parties or uh, just to have a meal and hang out. And this is, again, one of those things where – and we're trying to get into this more – where our small group leaders can really help foster this relationship. Yeah. But yeah. And so they – then the small group leaders even have another level of support um, and encouragement coming from their spiritual grandparents. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, so it's been a fun, fun thing to be a part of, and you know, I, I think that we've hit on it a little bit, and I don't think that we've nailed it down perfectly. And there's there's always room to grow, but for us, you know, striving at wanting to do ministry in an intergenerational way, um, this is this is so far what we've got, and and we're excited about it, and we're excited to make improvements, and and just see how God's using it to build His uh, generational kingdom. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. One of the awesome things that that stuck out to me is that you're intentionally building it around a a spiritual connection. Because I think a lot of times we do, we try to do intergenerational ministry and we try to create these events that is somehow appealing to, you know, a a 11 year old boy, but also appealing to, you know, a 70 year old woman. And like, how how do you create those events that (laughs) are going to appeal to both? And and we're like, hey, come out and and hang out and naturally make these connections. But I think when you build it around Christ and you build it around those relationships, and, and prayer, 
it makes so much more sense and they can come together and worship together. And, and it sounds yeah. like that's been really awesome connection for you guys to make. Well, and then, yeah, I, I think you're right, Steve. And then I think those other things like, you know, we've had students help their spiritual grandparents with setting up iPads and nice. their iPhones and doing that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's stuff. A tech training day. And yeah. We, we just said, did a day. Whoa, we've got tech experts there. You know, students. Yeah. 15. Yeah, yeah. Send them over there. So, so we, we definitely do stuff like that. Um, but I think the, yeah, the core of it is these generations. Generations Wednesdays and Sundays where students get in the same circles and with their spiritual grandparents and are talking about Jesus and are processing life and are hearing each other's stories. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just been a very, very cool thing. And, and I don't, I just don't think there's been any pushback to it. Like no, Adrian said, there's that. just been spirit. There's been, there, there's at this point, we actually have, I think too many spiritual grandparents. <laughs> so we're <laughs> having to, we're having to pair up spiritual yeah. grandparents with, that's, spiritual grandparents to take on a small group. So it's, that's a it's good been, problem to have. That's yeah. right. That's right. And yeah. then, and then I think overall, and our seniors pastor has helped, you know, me understand this greater that it's empowering this group of people who, you know, may think, may think, well, there's no longer a place for me at the church. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not young. Like lost I was, yeah, I lost my influence. I'm not as significant anymore. And what we're trying to say to them is, oh my gosh, that couldn't be farther from the truth mm-hmm. that there is a place for you in ministry here, a significant place. Um, and, and we can't wait to see God use you in students' lives. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, we, we've been, having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And I think even there, there might be, uh, if someone's thinking about doing this in your church context, you might even have a picture of, you know, those, we'll say those wiser members of your church who maybe tend to get frustrated about things or let you know what they think about things. And we've even seen, you know, church Mm -hmm. folks like that in our context who've then become a spiritual grandparent and it has warmed and softened their hearts in the outside of this program, but just in in yeah. general, and just giving them another something that they can pour into that's right. and have meaning in. So it's been very phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, any other tips and tricks before we before we close out today that you think you picked up along the way, and you're like, you know what, this is this is something I've learned that other people need to to hear about as well. Yeah, I think, you know, and I think Eric started out with this. I feel like the number one thing that has allowed us to even come up with something like this program Mm. is just having a good team, Mm. you know, Mm. connection. And so maybe you're the only person on your team or maybe you have a team of, you know, three, four, five, who knows. Um, I think the the closer you can be with your team or even, you know, working interdepartmentally within Mm, your church would partner with another pastor and create, you know, something that's totally different. That's bridging generations in a way that we didn't even mention, but I think the, as much as you can, you know, make those connections and it's worth it. You know, we've heard from our seniors pastor that he's, you know, talked with, you know, other 50 plus pastors that he knows and they're, you know, they're struggling because, you know, you, you know, youth pastors might not want to, or even think about partnering with their, mm. you know, their 50 plus pastor. And, you know, some context, it's not, it's not going to work for whatever reason, but, you know, at all, at all possible, I would say it is so worth it to develop those partnerships, to develop a solid team. Um, you know, I think open communication is, is so vital um, among a team that you're working close with. And I think when I'm honest with Eric and Eric's honest with me and we can be raw with each other, but love each other at the end of the day, like mm. that just allows us to go so much farther and faster than, than we ever thought possible so unity and that team bonding is absolutely crucial i would say yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i don't really have anything else to echo i think that's that's beautifully put 
Um, in fact, Adrian got so excited there that he did take off his shirt. And uh, so his shirt is a fish. I did not. All my clothing no. is on. Wow. Like no, he officially <laughs> took off I, his I'm, shirt. I'm, no. I'm glad um, we are audio only. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, but you know, Steve, I think that again, working as a team has been really, really powerful and helpful for us. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just been an exciting time. And I guess it, it comes really out of I've been at other churches where there wasn't that teamwork, mm-hmm. there wasn't that support, there wasn't that connection with other people. And I've just said like, we just won't have that on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't have that on our team. We um, we demand that each other share vulnerably and share what's going on and share frustrations um, because having the hard conversations. Yeah, we have the hard conversations, and it's good because we're able to resolve them. Uh, We're able to learn a little bit more about each other, and then – uh, I think there's less roadblocks, right? When you've got a team where there's a lot of passive aggressive going on, uh, there's no way you are moving fast together. Uh, there's dissension and it's just bad. And at this at this church as a whole and then especially in student ministries, um, we're just trying to say, man, we are going to be a united front and we're going to partner up and uh, we're going to see what God has for us. So, so yeah, that's been – that's again, just to echo what Adrian said, it's been really, really a good season and, and a lot of fun. And um, – yeah, we're excited. We're excited to hear about. We've talked to a few other churches and groups about spiritual grandparents and generations, and we're just excited um, to add to the conversation of how do you do uh, intergenerational ministry well. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I know it. That's it's something I'm going to definitely go back to our senior minister and say, okay, how can we do something like this? We're we're a younger church. We don't have a whole lot of people that are that are seasoned uh, just yet. But but how can we maybe put this in place so that you know. Down the line, yeah. and we get more. Uh, you know, naturally, people get older, and yep. and how can we how can we get something like this going in the future? Yeah. So. Well, and I think I think our spiritual grandparents range from you know forty five to yeah. eighty five. You cool. know, so it, it can be definitely that spread. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just been been a good time. Cool. So I'm sure people are going to want to learn more about all this and and connect with you online. Where are some places yeah. for for them to to connect with you and to maybe read more from you or anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we uh, I don't know what we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, www. No, I you know I don't really have a website, and I don't think maybe Adrian has a secret gamer website that I don't know about. I'm I don't think not so. A secret gamer. Uh, he does game. He plays World of Warcraft and he I plays Mole. What if his viewers? What if these viewers like playing that and they want to team up? Wow, with they could, but I, they wouldn't. He find does. Me there. He does play those games shirtless, though. So your viewers <laughs> need to know that. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's no, crazy I think ministry that, going on there in uh, california it is yeah welcome to california um it's uh no i would say honestly i think if they wanted to connect with us best way would be just to shoot us an email um they can they can email uh me eric e-r-i-c the letter h at purposechurch.com or they can email adrian adrian a-d-r-i-a-n p at purposechurch.com and you could also find me if you wanted on instagram i feel like i i live on there a lot so it's adrian uh a-d-r-i-a-n underscore P-C-H-A-Y, P-I-C-H-A-Y. Yes, and if you want to see lots of pictures of my kids and my family and my boring life, uh, you can check out my Instagram. Uh, and uh, that's Eric H. Holmstrom. Uh, so, yeah, man. Hey, Steve, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for having us, and it's been so great to uh, connect with you a little bit. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it's been and it's been a real cool time. Yeah, it's been it's been great to talk with you guys. And uh, anyhow, thanks for thanks for coming on and chatting for a little bit. And um, 
as all our listeners, yeah, make sure you you contact with them, especially if you want to learn more about this this intergenerational ministry, this grandparents ministry. This is this is awesome, and uh, I'm sure they can share more with you than what they've had a chance to to talk about today. So make sure you connect with them, and uh, yeah, Adrian and Eric, may God bless your ministry. Awesome, thank Thanks, you so Steve. much, Steve. And thank you so much for tuning in once again. Let's be honest. Wasn't that extra time on this podcast a little? It it was worth it, right? Yeah, I thought so too. I know you were blessed by this conversation, and I hope it's inspired you to look at your church a little differently and how you can do intergenerational ministry within your own context. Maybe it's something very similar to what Eric and Adrian are doing, or maybe it's something entirely different. But we need to be connecting all the generations together and really taking that further in God's kingdom and his church. So make sure you contact Eric and Adrian if you want more if you have more questions about how they're doing that ministry. But also if you have questions or comments or anything, you can contact me on Twitter at Steve Cullum, or you can actually write the podcast at our email address. It's uh, student ministry podcast at gmail.com. And in the future, we'd actually like to do some question and answer shows and things like that. So if you send in your questions, you can either send them in 140 characters less to my Twitter at Steve Cullum, but you can also email us at the show at studentministrypodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Speaking of that, we'd also love to get your comments and reviews and everything on all the different podcast uh, avenues out there like iTunes and Tune in radio and all these different ways. Uh, speaking of which, we are now on Google Play. So, for all the Android people out there, you can listen on Google Play now to the Student Ministry Podcast. And we actually have a new domain. If you haven't checked that out yet, it's thestudentministrypodcast.com. You can go straight there. We're still through Podbean, but we actually have our own domain. So, that's really exciting. And uh, just Please, if you like this podcast, please share it. Please get the word out there because that's one of the best ways for us to get known and for these stories, these amazing stories from youth workers to be heard is for you to help us share it out there with other youth workers that you think would enjoy it. So please do so. We want to thank once again our sponsors for sponsoring this. Without them, this would be nothing. And so we thank WorkCamp NE. And you can get there at WorkCampNE.com. We also thank the National Network of Youth Ministries at YouthWorkers.net. And we also thank Reach Youth New England. And you can get there at ReachYouthNE.com. And we thank you so much for tuning in once again. And may God bless your ministry. Bye.